Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Yeah, good evening. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey, Sports Day SA, all thanks to Irrigear to save time and water. Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. Also, a very sad weekend. Uh, lost a couple of, uh, well, legends really of the game. And one in particular, Ronald Dale Barassi. He passed away, had a fall. Uh, hasn't been all that well in recent years, and Malcolm Blight knows him very well. And uh, Kevin Neal, Cowboy Neal too, but real character of the game as a welcome. Malcolm Blight is also a character of the game. How are you going, Blighty? <laughs> Good, David. Yeah, um, yeah. Gee, it was a mixed mixed bag on the weekend, wasn't it? I, um, some people have asked me to, you know, commentary on on I'm Ron sure Barassi. they would have gone. And also, to Cowboy you. knew Cowboy reasonably well too. But I, I just did, wanted to say at the start of the show, condolences to Cheryl, his wife, and, and also Ron's children. I mean, that, I mean, it's always the hardest part, as we all know, that as we go through that. Now, wherever you lived in Australia, and this is what I found. He was the biggest name in football around the country yeah. in his day. And I used to work, as you know. Uh, we all worked in our day, David, and we played footy on the weekends. But I used to go to Sydney and Brisbane a lot, New South Wales and Queensland. I'd go up there. People found out who I was. The only name they knew about AFL football and that was Ron Barassi. Yeah. That's how big he was, mate. He was amazing. I... One of the records that he's got, and it's only second to another person, uh, it's Doc McHale, but he was involved in 17 grand finals, David. 17. Player and coach. It, it is an amazing record, and he used to write, and every time he signed a signature, it would be 17 for 10. And six winning and four. Yeah. Four, yeah. yeah six for playing. Four. But the four, uh, four different clubs, we know who they are. But he also talked about growing the game in Australia, and he put the overseas slant on it which Kevin Sheedy's sort of picked up of later years. Now, people have asked me what was he like. Well, I can assure you, and I've seen a few former players, Sam Kikovich, Robert Walls have all spoken about him. He was the most demanding person, the most demanding coach you could ever think. No excuses. He, oh, Jesus, could he give it to you? Now, he coached hard on mistakes. Now, that, that's really good because you learn. If you don't learn, you jump down your throat again. Yeah. But he wasn't great on what praise. Praise, no, what you expect to do. And I remember having this conversation with Lee Matthews about the great John Kennedy. Of oh, they were the, of that ilk, they would be at you and at you and at you, but would never praise you. So the only reason you got praised was after you won a premiership. It's an interesting theory, mm. isn't it? Now, but one of the great things that Ron Barassi did. There's a lot of things that I had many conversations with him over the years, but he introduced me and the North Melbourne Football Club, as it turned out then to the TV video analysis. Because we played in matches of the day, and very fortunate, mm. played in a lot of finals, etc. we would go to Channel 7 Studios and he would replay the team we're about to play or what we'd done. So as a young player moving to Melbourne as I was, 
it just fertilised my mind that what you could do to teach the game, to teach the technique of the game, not that he did that much, he teach you how to not make mistakes, but, I mean, it was just interesting that that, that fertilised my mind to become a coach. And just to go on with that, um, you mentioned he is more into the mistakes and, yep. and correcting those. So you, you could do nine good things and one bad thing, but the thing that gets highlighted is a mistake. You went on to become an amazing coach, and people said you were hard, very hard yep. too, and hard but fair. So did you try and take a lot of what Brassie taught you, but also tinker perhaps another side? If you do something well, you get a pat on the back. Yeah, I think so, hopefully. I mean, I started out a bit that way, but as you as you learn – and as you realise, I mean, the greatest thing you can teach a player is how to get better with his skill set, right? I mean, whether that be competitive handball, marking, kicking. And I found that the more interesting part because you could show it on a video yeah. to show them. So Was brass hard to all? Like, uh, uh, or there, yeah, the he, older players. Any favourites? Uh, look, I can tell you now, he actually backed off me and a lot of my ilk after we won our second premiership, you know. Because maybe you got a kick and, you know, you could actually see something through the cloud. Because I think he used to get clouded sometimes. I always say if you saying, pick on the best, the others fall in line. <laughs> I've always said that. So Can I tell you one quick story? And I, um, As you got to know him and, you know, became I, – I could talk to him in the end, you know. But one of the things he said, we were at a function one night and he said – he was on our table. I just happened to be sitting next to him, Patsy and myself. And he said, you know, one of the strangest things about my football life and I, he's, he said, not one player has ever asked me home for dinner. True. And he, I, right? I said, not one player, not one player His had whole... ever asked him out, never asked him out anywhere to any function with them or to their home for dinner. Patsy, sitting alongside of me, she would have only been 25 or 26. Well, what are you doing next Wednesday night? I want you and Cheryl to come to our place. Wow. This is as true as I sit here. And if Patsy was listening now, she'd say, and Cheryl would say the same as wife. They came for dinner that night. And we had two young kids at the time, Adam and Melanie. We had the best night. Now, can I also say, I probably shouldn't say this now, this is Wednesday night. This is one of the few, few nights. Reds were drunk. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you read, I yeah. could just guess. Yeah, and it was a very, very late night. I'm not going to I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to you in brass up there. Did and you I'm kick gonna, a few on the weekend, did yeah, you? Yeah, no, we played really well. Oh, so that we did, and some. it was just a different – I had a different environment, yeah. but you can actually see that. You can actually enjoy his company from then on in. It wasn't as negative with me and others. Well said. I think we can all celebrate Brassy's life, um, uh, even the people that don't know him, but you can't celebrate what Port Adelaide did on the weekend. Adam straight sets. You had a bit of faith in him. You, yeah, I tried you to. You gave him the benefit of the doubt yeah, being I did. home. But they are miles off the pace. I'm, I think 23 points, to be honest, are flattering. Very flattering. Can I just – one of the oh, – we're talking to a few people tonight, but the mystery to me – this is the mystery. You beat them by 51 points four weeks ago. Now, they've done a lot of things right. What changed? What dynamic in that room – I'm talking the coach's room here – or the players, what happened in that internal combustion called the Port Adelaide Football Club – to, to change 12 goals, David. Yeah, 12 Port, goals in our game is a, is, is a lifetime. Port Adelaide only had three changes, I think, and maybe four. And the Giants had two, the two little fellas, Bedford and, and Daniels. So that's, that's it wasn't all. really like the I mean, teams they changed much. They weren't best on ground or anything no. like that. What if, I, what if I said to you what change Port Adelaide played? This is your pet hate. At least four players that went up to it oh, injury-wise. I'm, I'm, and I throw Dersmer and Alier and Marshall as well as the ones that are well-documented. Dixon. Now, I, yeah, I, I had a... 
discussion in a coach's box at the Gold Coast Suns. I'm going to say this. I didn't. I, I thought about it today, and I'm going to say it. Guy McKenna was the coach. Ken Hinckley was the assistant coach in the box, and I was sitting in the box just trying to help out, do something in the background. And I said to them about, oh, hang on, he, he, player he, A or yeah, um, he didn't train the major training session. I said, oh, we don't do that now, Malcolm, because we've got all these great scientists helping us out. I said, you're kidding. So this young fella, two days out from the game, you're not, he's not training and you're going to play him with a leg injury. Anyhow, that particular game, I'll give him their due, he got through it. Two weeks later, same thing, injured. Three weeks later, same thing. I told him, I said, you blokes won't learn. Don't take your eyes the best judge. I don't care any medical person, right? This is We're not talking about death and dying here. We're talking about a strain and watching mm. someone on the track. And I reckon I can see when a bloke's not actually going really hard. I was the best one at it. So you don't train, you don't play. Yeah, I think, I think Port have got a few average players when it comes to when the pressure goes up. They won a lot of close games during the year, but finals are a different uh, cap, that's for sure. And I, I think... They may have to make changes. We're going to have a look in the last segment, a bit more depth. Talk to Bryce Gibbs about that. Yep. We'll take Troy in a moment. Just This is a good oil. It is good oil too, thanks to Cobram Estate. Premium Australian extra virgin olive oil at Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil. Where are they? Well, they're in northern Victoria, grown, harvested and first cold pressed. Hello, Troy. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Yeah, yeah I've gotten over Saturday night, I think. Um, That's quick. Dongs is Malcolm about the, the great Barassi. I've got a story for you, but uh, I'll give you two words. GWS, we're a team. And your boys were just talking about injured players. I've never seen it work yet. And, um, you know, boys, when you go to the doctor, the doc, when you get a bit older, I'm 57, so... You know, just, I am a young, just a young buck. There, yeah, well, yeah, God, oh, you're, only, you're only a whippersnapper. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much for that, boys. Yeah. Um, but the thing he says is always listen to your body, isn't it? Yep. And when you don't, you pay for it. So football's no different. Now, Malcolm, you've probably heard a lot of stories um, about Ron Barassi, but I heard on another radio station on conversations he had um, it was actually on the ABC. I think it was Richard Seidler. Oh, yeah, Richard Seidler. Yeah, yep. great, great series. Yeah. yeah. Now, the story was, uh, I don't know if it was 75, but anyway, I think it was the first premiership they won. 75. And Barass and, yeah, um, Barass and so he kept saying his mate. He never dobbed anybody in. The bus was leaving at 10.30. Do you know this story, Malcolm? No, keep going. Okay. Yeah, well, the bus, the team bus was leaving, I assume, to go back to North Melbourne at 10.30. Well, Barass wasn't on the bus. So they said, no, nah, we're going. So next thing, um, this copper seen Barass, uh, Ronnie Barassi, and he said, oh, what's wrong? And he said, oh, I've missed the bus. And he said, oh, I'll help you out. So he took him through the crowd with his mates. And um, he, there was a bloke in the back of the paddy wagon, and the bloke and the cop said to the bloke, "It's lucky you're lucky night, mate. Now get out of here." So Ron Barassi and his mates hopped in the back of the paddy wagon and <laughs> went to 
keep celebrating. Oh. It was an absolutely fantastic story, yeah. I, you know what? Yeah. I've not heard that story since 1975. Is that right? I think it is right, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we went back to Arden but Street. I like the way, yeah, I like, I like the way he never dobbed anybody else in, Malcolm. That's why I asked if you made it, but may have been one of them. But it was a brilliant story and a... Great man and a great life. Well Sadly done. missed. Yeah. Well done. One of them went lights and sirens there with brass on the back. I think I remember that story now. 